Yep, I get it. I know exactly what you're thinking. Here we go. Another podcast. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you something. This just isn't any other podcast. This is the Vision Life 365 podcast, where we give you a front row seat to organic missionary work. My name is Jason Sykes, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary Hale, and we're coming to you from beautiful San Pedro de Macorís, Dominican Republic. We're here serving with the DR Vision team. Our podcast is designed to encourage you towards Great Commission living. Along the way, you get to see the good, the bad, and even sometimes the ugly of missionary work. We hope to encourage and challenge you on your personal sanctification and ministry walk. Here we go. All right, guys, good to have you back. Sitting here with my good friend, Gary Hale. Uh, Gary's prepared, man. He's got the iPad out. He's done his research, and he is ready to dig in. Let's go, man. Let's jump. <laughs> this, is one, uh, this is one that I propose that we talk about because it's been something that's been kind of special to me. And uh, so I want to kind of throw out maybe the main thought, and then Gary and I can kind of talk it through here. But um, I just want to challenge maybe some guys that are out there that uh, maybe you used to be a missionary, maybe you used to be a pastor, or maybe you still are, and you're on the upward years of your ministry. Um, and I've seen guys before who feel like they just, you know, ministry has to be the big go, 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 go all the time. And if you're not doing that, then you're out of the ministry. And um, there have been some really great influential people in my life who um, just took the time to sit down with me and talk. Uh, I meet with a former missionary regularly. I'm not going to call him former, actually, because he's still doing the Great Commission. He's just not doing it where he was. But uh, I talked with, I went my high school trip, I went to uh, Cancun, Mexico and saw a friend who's my friend now, his name's Greg Smith. And he loved the way he did his, his church planning style. There was more of home church type stuff. Um, and that's kind of the way the Lord led him. And I meet with him every Thursday and we just talk through life and kids and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I just want to kind of maybe touch on that a little bit and encourage you, you guys. I know we talked a while back about mentorship. Um, but I don't know that this would be considered mentorship per se. It's just a good friendship. It's a good place where there's a freedom to open my heart up and he opens his heart up and we feel free to just to maybe even cast our burdens on each other, but in a way that's constructive that we encourage each other and pray for each other. So, uh, I don't know, Gary, what do you, what, what you got to add to that? I think it's a good idea. Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for being with us. No. <laughs> um, you know, so let's, let's talk about traditional ministry paradigms. A little bit. I mean, I think there's, I think within our circles, I think there's a temptation to think that if you're not under the roof of the building, that you're not ministering per se, if that makes sense. Uh, if you're not within the church building itself, not, is it always seen as ministry? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think we try to do our, uh, I mean, when Allie and I are talking about our, our ministry, it's not in terms of where we're at. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's more of what we're doing or with whom we're doing it. Right. You know, and so, uh, the place can be, you know, there, it's strategic sometimes to do things here in, in, a, in a building that's recognized. Uh, it's strategic to do it in people's homes. Exactly. And in yeah. our home. It just, it's, it's not about the place as much as it is the people and what it is you're doing. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, that's one paradigm that, that people, you know, think of ministry as being at a specific place. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think you just got to you got to rewire that. And um, because, you know, the place can leave, you can lose the place, it can mm-hmm. burn down, it can be, I mean, people can break in and steal or whatever, you know. Um, so it's not so much the place. I mean, we, we know of a church in Chattanooga that um, the Grace Baptist Church, I mean, they they've had to be at a different place because a tornado came through. It took their place. Yeah, it took their place. And so now they're rebuilding. And so it's, it's not bad that they're rebuilding. Uh, you know, it's a place where the community can identify as a place where they can, you know, um, people who love the Lord and they can get answers, all that kind of stuff. It's not at all an attack against building a place. We have a nice place here. It's just that that's not the end game. Right. So when you're talking about, uh, you know, ministers, um, you know, you're, you can minister over a cup of coffee. You can minister um you know, on the basketball court, you can minister anywhere. And I, and I would, I would change it not just to older guys. I'd say anybody. I would, you know, one of the, the great faults I think, uh, we had as young men, or at least I'll say myself is, uh, didn't have too many older men. Um, so I'm talking about when I'm 20, I need somebody that is, they're in their forties. I might not listen to the guy that's in his sixties or seventies. Maybe I would have, but in the twenties, you know, you kind of think that you've got to, you know what's going up, you know what's mm-hmm. going on, what's you know what's up, and all that. But somebody's just a little bit closer to your age, but yet there's a little bit of life experience that you haven't had. Uh, been nice to have some of those guys, and I do remember as a kid growing up in our you uh, in in our church that we do some father son type things, and uh, didn't maybe appreciate it at the time, but I think that was instilling with me because I saw some of these older men. You know, who seemed really old at the time, but now I realize oh, they're probably that's my us, age. Gary. That's us, yeah. Right, probably us. And so, yeah, I think there's a place for that. There's a space for that. There's a need for that of, you know, the different stages of life, men coming in and speaking into the lives of younger men mm-hmm. and having a, and having a friendship relationship ministry. That is a, that is a ministry. But, you know, another paradigm is that you always have to be, uh, going through some sort of book or right. curriculum and all that. Now, I think there's an extreme. There's another extreme, and that's just that people are just hanging out and, you know, they're not doing ministry. They're not really bringing people anywhere. But I think one paradigm is is that other extreme, that other side of the extreme where you're just, uh, you know, you're like, well, we got to go through something. Yeah. You know, and so it becomes very um, mechanical and it's more um, book work than it is relational. Yeah, and because – the biggest impact I saw in Venezuela that we had was through the discipleship ministry. I wouldn't even call it the pulpit ministry was, was, I mean, I taught from the pulpit and we had handouts and all that kind of stuff. But I really think it was just during that interactive time where, where we just had a cup of coffees and arepas and we sat in my living room and ate and, and talked together and there was a freedom and an openness and people were candid and, and, you know, just like talking to Greg every week. Um, I love the fact that he, it isn't a book, you know, and we talk about, you know, just whatever things that make us laugh, you know, funny cultural things, things that frustrate us, you know, culturally or whatever sometimes. But, but it's not this, you know, there's no condemning. There's no, you know, there is a, Hey, I'll pray for you, man. I know that's rough or, or whatever the case may be, but it's just very informal, very heart to heart. And uh, it's very much edifying for me. I mean, he says he's encouraged as well. Um, and it's just something that I, you know, I, I like what you're saying, just to take that formality aspect, just sit down with somebody with a cup of coffee. And, and you know, when I say anybody can go to that other extreme where it's just nothing's getting accomplished because it's just party hardy. But 
Um, I think if you're a believer, Jesus is the center of your life, and he's going to come out in conversation. Um, I've been trying to do that same thing with the university students. Instead of trying to be so formal, uh, and here's our lesson, we just kind of talk through stuff. I ask questions, let them answer the questions, and then we kind of redirect it back biblically. Okay, so what about this? You know, um, I'm kind of generally in a very, what's the word, informal way going through the Experiencing God book. And so, you know, the, the last week is it's like, you know, your perception of God. What is your perception of God? You better be settled on your perception of God because if God's good, is he still good when you're, you know, when your parents have cancer? Is he still good when there's a death in the family? Well, if you're settled on who God is, then it's not hard to believe that God's good even when you're going through a difficult time because you know what the scripture says and you you live that. Who, who was it? Was it Tory or Tozer that said that you're, the, what you think about God is the most important thing? I think it was probably Tozer. I'm not positive. Yeah. yeah. Just that idea of, you know, um, does your does your belief about God and your understanding of God really measure up to what happens in life? Yeah. And uh yeah, yeah, that's kind of what you're talking about. I, I you know, I think I think it's a, a situation here of also having is having a variety you need you need people just uh it's not just one it's not that you need uh Mr. Smith here uh 10 times over in your life right. you need a smith yeah. but you also need uh somebody to speak truth in your life you need somebody also to challenge you you know with a little bit of formality you know i mean if you think about it, we all need these different relationships you know what i mean i mean you, yeah, you, oh, yeah. you, you need the pastor in the pulpit that faithfully you know presents the word is that all you need no you know, you need the small group leader that is somewhere in between. You need the friend that's just there. He's not trying to take you through a book or anything like that. You need, uh, you know, there. I think God has created us for community. And so we have different people that speak into us. Mm-hmm. And so one of these is, is a person just to be a friend, a, a friend that's just there. That, yeah. But you don't necessarily need all friends that are just all there that never, you know, never no. challenge you on the scriptures. No, and I, I'm really pointing at this more because I've got so many people that poured into my life and who yeah. are going through maybe some physical troubles right now. And yeah. yet they were so, um, I took missions trips with them. They were the ones that took me on my original missions trips. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. were the ones that got me passionate about what I'm doing today. And then I look at them at this stage of life and I, I see them struggling emotionally. I see them struggling the things and I think, man, don't give up, man. Cause I need you. I, you know, I remember those conversations we had, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before when I was 18 years old, didn't have the greatest relationship with my dad ever. And I didn't make my bed before church one day and I got kicked out of church, kicked out of the house when I got home that night for, um, it was, it was building and it was a sim- simple thing, but you know, one of those friends of mine went to his house and I sat across the table and I cried and so did he. And that was huge to me. And it wasn't yeah. this huge moment of this lesson of open the Bible and I'm going to take you to, you know, we're going to do an exposition or exegesis of the, no, it was just, you know, he identified with me in the moment and he felt for me and he was hospitable to me and he opened his door to me. And I knew that if I ever needed to go back, I always could. Um, and that was huge. The, those people had huge impact and huge shaping. And even now with Greg, I, I, you know, uh, his kids are grown up and he's, he's told me, Hey, listen, you know, if I was going to do something different, I might do this different or do that different. Um, and not even all those things are what you might call errors. It's just looking back and saying, you know, if I had to do everything, I might change the way I did this. And it's encouraging to me. You know, I have been, I think any parent is get a little concerned about where my kids are at spiritually and then they surprise me, you know? Right. So 
And, and he just said, well, you know, don't forget how patient God is with us. And I thought, man, you know what? That's good stuff right there. Because <laughs> read through scripture, start off in Genesis. You don't have to get very far, man. You get into Abraham, Isaac, you know, and all uh, Esau and all that mess. And you're, you're in pretty deep. And you see that, that God still uses those guys uh, yeah. and used those guys, I should say, for, for, his, uh, for his will and for his glory. And they were pretty messed up and God still used them. And so it's just... It's just good to uh, to be challenged, I meaning be encouraged. And well, I think also on our side, I think that sometimes we have to be proactive. It's one thing to say, and maybe when you're in your twenties, you don't really know to. Typically, a guy in his twenties wants to serve the Lord, but he may not think, "Hey, I need to go and approach somebody, you know, and make that friendship." Uh, but you know, now that you've been around the block a little bit, you know, now we're in our forties. I think you can see where there's that. Sometimes we have to be proactive. Right. We have to say, you know what? I need this friendship. Yeah. You know, we need to reach out and we need to, you know, pursue it. Uh, I do think that there are, are men and women who are in their, maybe their upper sixties or seventies or eighties. And uh, I do see that there is a, because they can't work like they once did, mm-hmm. you know, in the full time in the ministry. And there does seem to be an attitude of, especially with some, some churches, there seems to be a focus on just the younger demographic mm-hmm. at the expense of, of the older. And, yeah. it, and, and it's just like, it, it's, it's not even a merge. It's not even a family. It's like, we're going to be young and that's what we're going to do. And that's who we're going to get. And, you know, yeah. we don't want you. And so off you go. And so, you know, they feel like they've been sidelined. They've been basically made to feel like their value is in the past. They have nothing to offer now. And I think that's a real shame. And I think that's where us guys that are in our 40s can still encourage those guys that are in their 60s and 70s and say, yeah. hey, you still got <clears throat> something there. You know, uh, this isn't super spiritual, but my father-in-law told me when he, he discipled me, and I, this is so true, he said the pendulum never really falls in the middle. It always goes to the extreme before it comes back. And, yeah, I mean, what you're just saying right there is so very true. You look at the church movement as a whole, you know, the modern-day church, I guess you could say. We've gone from one side that was probably too far one way of legalism, and then we went the other way, and, you know, uh, we threw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, so to say. And so, you know, so people just can't stand hymns or whatever. And, and so sometimes you can go the other way. Oh, we just want to target the younger generation. That's it. And so, you know, these old guys, let's, you know, that's okay. Don't worry about yeah. them. But the thing, the thing that you see, and as you look across the generation is the old guys, if we can call them that with all due respect, uh, the old guys have uh, many times a sense of commitment and faithfulness. Yes. And the old guys uh, are committed to giving to yeah. the church. Uh, you know, they tend to be the ones that are like, you know what, I've lived life and, I, and I've seen God faithful and I'm I'm going to give. And, you know, uh, some of the younger generations are not givers. Yeah. It's like, it's not our problem. They light bill of the church and it's not our problem. You know, and the, you know, the older people bring in some, some stick to and faithfulness. And, you know, sometimes the older people are, uh, you know, because they have more life experience and more time with God, uh, many times they are really truly praying for mm-hmm. you, really mm-hmm. truly praying. I mean, many times, you know, we say, unfortunately, I think, you know, rush, you know, yeah, 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 I'll pray for you. And then we forget, or we just do a really, you know, quick prayer and all that. But I, some of you'll find older saints that they truly do pray. 
I think they've because they've we been need that. they've been down life's road. They've experienced some hardships. They've experienced some illnesses. They've experienced some things that that caused them to see the importance of prayer and how truly helpless they really were without God. And because and that's a whole other podcast there. But why don't we pray? I think because really when we pray, why does it make us feel uncomfortable? Because we're really admitting our helplessness. And, yeah. and so when we constantly do that, it reminds us how much we need him. And it's, it, we, it feels good to say that, how much I need him. But it's, it's also your flesh is just fighting back the whole time saying, you know. And so we don't like to pray because we don't like to be in that constant sense of need. We want to. And I think the whole autopilot thing, too. But, you know, we're so easy for us just to go, 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 go and never stop. And, and, and that's another podcast, too, because that's just uh, sometimes yeah. I think sometimes sitting in in one of these guys' houses with a cup of coffee and just talking about yeah. life and ministry uh, is so more productive than the run, run, rush uh, that we do sometimes in, in life. Well, I think it's all, I think it's all a balance. I mean, there's different types of relationships that, w- that we need to have. Um, and there's different purposes that we could say, yeah. uh, you know, connected to that. And so, but everyone needs a friend, a friend that you can just be there and encourage their heart. Sort of like a Barnabas. You know, Barnabas is, uh, he, he was a comforter and, uh, you see him in scripture as sort of being that friend that, yeah. that he's there. Uh, you have Paul, he, you know, he takes Timothy under, uh, under his wing. There is obviously an age difference there between the two. And, you know, Paul is, uh, you know, he's going to encourage Timothy in a little bit different way than Barnabas, you know, would right. have. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul's going to, you know, give him the tools that he needs sure. to, to do ministry. And I think you can see. And so then Timothy goes out and, you know, he's being told that he needs to, you know, find faithful men to, you know, to commit to, to this. And so, you know, you have different people, different personalities, I think and you can, different needs. I think you get a good point there because he had a different, Paul had a different relationship with each of those based on, you know, what his kind of what his job was with them. To Timothy, you see him more kind of pouring into, you know, more of a mentor-mentee relationship. And Barnabas, you see more of a companion. Yeah. I mean, remember, it's Barnabas that puts his arms around Paul yeah. when nobody wants to trust Paul, for right, rightfully so. Yeah. You know, and it's Barnabas that really, you know, it's Barnabas that goes, checks out Antioch and then says, hey, I'm going to go get Paul to come back and bring and bring Paul in on this and teach. You know, we, you don't, you could say you don't have Paul if you don't have Barnabas. Yeah. Okay. So Barnabas is a key guy behind the scenes. He doesn't get maybe the love and the attention that he deserves as far as, uh, you know, when we're doing our feature films or whatever. I mean, Paul is, he takes the spotlight after Christ, but behind Paul is, is Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think somebody has said, we need the, these type of three, we need these three people in our lives. We need a Barnabas, we need a Paul, and we need a Timothy. Yeah, and 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 uh, each of those have a lot of similarities, but there there will be some differences and different needs. And so I think for us too, we can take that position of Barnabas in an older gentleman's life that maybe is starting to feel discouraged. Because the other thing that you know we've, uh, at least with me, I've had you know this COVID thing, and then you know several years ago had a crazy surgery and all that. You know, I think we've talked about it on one of the podcasts and nobody listened to it, but uh, yeah, probably <laughs> hi, mom. Yeah, hi mom. Uh, but you know, it just makes you face your mortality and all that, but then the recovery process and it's very discouraging. Well, imagine being, you know, in your seventies or eighties and you can't get around, you can't mo- as mobile as you once were. 
in m- most cases. I think Mark Palma is maybe the exception to that. I mean, that guy is. Let me tell you something, Gary. <laughs> that guy's all around. Yeah. I mean, what, he's 72, 73 years old, and he's still, like, out playing basketball. But, you know, most, you know, the mobility slows down. Uh, things take time to, to, you know, to recover. The mm-hmm. body takes more time to recover. That gets frustrating. It gets, you know, you're forgotten. I mean, life moves on. People move on. They're not, you know, you're not, you can't run like you once did in, in ministry. Um, they need people too that will say, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to come over and just have coffee or whatever. You know, love to yep. you know, help you with your yard or, or, or whatever. And it doesn't have to even be a, it doesn't have to be a minister. I mean, we're talking about anybody out there. Uh, I, my, my, my friend Jerry, haven't, haven't given him a plug for a few weeks. Jerry, um, we've missed you for a few yeah, podcasts. We've missed you. I haven't given him a plug. Uh, you know, I go up there last, um, I think about a year or so ago and, he, and so he's talking to me about, this guy, his neighbor, that's like 80 some years old. And, you know, he was, the 80 some year old guy was going to get some work done in his house and he was going to be basically taken or whatever, you know, he's going to get ripped off. And Jerry's there. He says, nah, man, you know, we can, you know, we can take care of this or this can be taken care of a whole lot, you know, uh, a whole lot cheaper and all that. And he builds a relationship with this guy that's in his eighties. I mean, like twice his age almost. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and the guy trusts Jerry. And so Jerry, I mean, and that's, that's not a pastor to a missionary. That's just a one dude that's caring about another dude that's in a different stage of life that needs a friend. Mm-hmm. That's not, I mean, how much simpler can you get? Mm-hmm. You know, so you can take away all the pastoral and missionary things away and just say, Man, just go find somebody to love. Just somebody. be a friend somebody. Be a Barnabas. Yeah. Look for somebody that needs encouraging. Somebody that maybe is forgotten. And, and shouldn't we shouldn't we be like that? Isn't that not what Christ has called us to be? Exactly. You know, so yeah, we need that. But we also need to look for opportunities, I think, with guys that maybe have been marginalized. Yes. Yeah. So, And I think the music is telling us that uh, it's youth night, uh, which uh, we'll be seeing some teens here pretty soon. But the music is cranking up, getting ready for their their music yeah. ministry tonight. So, so go, go find somebody, go find, go be a Barnabas be a, yeah. or, or go find a Barnabas. Invite me to your house, pour, give me, give me your good advice. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be anything. I'll even pour your coffee for you. You put the pot, the pot on when I get there, you can sit in your recliner and just talk and I'll, I'll fill your coffee. But that, that's been very important to me at this stage of life is just having somebody that, uh, that kind of relationship. Greg's been a real encouragement to me. And, uh, so yeah, no, that's awesome. You, you know, something that someone has said: uh, ministry rides on the rails of relationships. Yeah, and so if you establish good relationships, you'll see ministry uh, ride on that, ride on those rails, mm-hmm. and opportunities uh, open up. And so, yeah, go go be a Barnabas. Go find a Barnabas. Well, guys, good to have you with us. Uh, good to talk this through. It's been something that's been a real encouragement to me, and hope it is to you guys. Uh, you're I'll some, encourage you, huh? I'll encourage you. Yeah, there you with go. Coffee, though. The, Gary doesn't like coffee, but you can go sit at his house and talk about his dog. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about my boxers. That's there another go. podcast. There you go. Whole other podcast here. But guys, uh, this has been something that's been encouragement to me, and we would like to have that same ministry with other people. So. Um, you know, look for somebody you could pour into. Don't doesn't have to be formal. Doesn't have to be official lessons. Just spend some time with somebody and share what God's done in and through you, and that could be an encouragement and challenge to somebody else. Good to have you with us. Catch you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Vision Life three sixty five podcast. Be sure to check out our website visionlife three sixty five dot org, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast for a new episode each and every week. 
Thanks so much for being a part of being with us here. And we look forward to being with you again next week. 